this. We walked through Psalm 139 together. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who governs all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the prayers of your people and grant us your peace through all our days. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading today is found in 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down, and the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak. Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading for today is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. 
All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually uh, immoral, excuse me, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were brought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel. And from John's gospel in the first chapter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. But Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated, and I invite our young ones up. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning where you gather us together into your house to hear your word, receive your gifts, to be cared for by your people. We pray that as you give us these days and months and years to live together, that you continue to work among us by your spirit and lead us to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. First off, thank you. Thank you to you and thank you to Pastor Vogelzang for uh, covering last week while I was gone with Dad, it was a wonderful trip. I'll tell you the stories later. But I want to thank you for allowing that opportunity. It means a lot. And as we walk through this season of Epiphany, right, these several weeks after January 6th, right, last week was the baptism of our Lord, and as we go through these several weeks, you're going to see these gospel texts and even some of the Old Testament texts that show God opening up eyes and minds to see who Jesus is. I mean, a, an epiphany is a revealing, an opening up of, right? On January 6th, 
we look at that day when the wise men showed up, gave tribute to this baby king that they saw as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. And then in the weeks following, we continue to see that happening. This week, as we go through John's gospel, we see Jesus calling more disciples. Just before this text, he had called Simon and Andrew. And then in this one, he's calling Philip and Nathaniel. But in each one of them, he's working to call them to himself so that they would see who he is over the next several years of his ministry. See who this son of God is, the son of man, this Messiah. It was kind of hard for them to understand it at first. I mean, think about it this way. Every now and then you go into a town, right? Well, pretty much every day of your life. <laughs> you go into a town. And sometimes when you go into a new town, you will have to figure out where everything is. And you start to know the good sides of town and the not-so-good sides of town. You know the streets to drive down. You know the streets that maybe you're not going to take a 10 o'clock in the evening walk down. You know, the streets that are easier to traverse and the ones that are a little harder. You know where the chain restaurants are. You know where the popular restaurants are. But every now and then, you might just come across a friend who says, I know of this great restaurant. It's on this side of town. Can anything good come from that side of town? Really? I mean, I wouldn't even drive down there with the doors locked. What do you mean there's a good restaurant down on that side of town? And they're like, no, look. You've got to go in. The chili rellenos are amazing. You've got to go in and enjoy this place. It is a wonderful place. And you show up, and it's a little sketchy and a little dirty. Really not sure if you should leave the car in a place where you can't see it. But sometimes those places are amazing. Now, you'd never know it driving by. it. You'd never know it unless somebody came to you and said, you need to go no, I don't have a name of a restaurant for you in Escondido. I'm sorry. I don't have that for you right now to finish this story. But this is what my grandpa would do. My grandpa Van lived in Hollywood, and this is what he would do. We would drive down the back alleys of all these places in Hollywood, not on the main streets at all, and we would pass a Chinese restaurant somewhere, and he'd say, you see that one? He'd say, yeah, I don't want to go in. He goes, no, we're going in. And it was delicious. It was amazing. We'd have no idea unless someone told you. Faith is kind of similar. I think through all the people you've known in life, think of the ones that you would kind of categorize as the most savable. It's kind of funny to think on, right? I mean, if you were to build the character of a person that would be the one who you think would immediately grasp who God is in Christ and the love that he has shown us in his life, death, and resurrection, the one that would immediately understand faith, what would their life circumstances look like that they were raised in? Would it, would it be the one that like, grew up in a Christian household? How's that gone for all your friends that have adult kids that aren't in church? Would it be the ones that grew up in the gutters, homeless? Would it be the ones with addiction? Would it be the ones that were shaped just like Philip and Nathaniel, having grown up in the Word of God, having been shaped and formed by the Word of God, knowing every bit of the Old Testament, knowing the law that Moses wrote from 
all of the Torah, knowing the prophets, knowing the Psalms, knowing everything that was there that pointed to Jesus. And you get a word that comes to Nathaniel. Nathaniel, friend. We found him. We found him. It's the Messiah. It's the one who fulfills all of the law that Moses wrote and all of the prophets, everything that they wrote. This is the guy, Jesus of Nazareth, Joseph's son. And Nathaniel's first response is, do they really have good chilirianos on that side of town? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? An amazing first response, right? I mean, an immediate Mental judgment of, no, that can't be the guy. That can't be the guy at all. And Nathaniel, of all people, should have been the one that would have seen him as the guy. Would have seen him as the one that is the fulfillment, because he knew all the same words Philip did. Knew all the same words that Andrew and Simon did. All the same words that John the Baptist was preaching about. Nathaniel sits there and says, yeah, right. I'm not sure anything good can come from that town. What a beautiful response of a friend. Did he look at him and say, all right, that's what you think. Go away. What did he say? Come and see. Just come and see. Come check it out for yourself. Come hear his words. Come, come just be in his presence for a second. Come get to know the guy. Come and see if anything good can come out of Nazareth. Because, you know what? I don't actually think he came out of Nazareth. He just seems different. Come listen to what he has to say. Come hear his voice in your ear and feel his pull in your heart and upon your mind. Come, just, Nathaniel, come and see. It's an interesting thing when we reach out to friends and talk to them about Christianity. I didn't necessarily say when we talked to him about church. See, for somebody to come to church, they've already got to kind of be seeking something. They've already got to kind of have their head wrapped around faith a little bit. They've got to have their head wrapped around what it looks like to gather together as a group of uh, believers in Christ, to know that you're living life together, that, that that time in the morning is something where you pour into one another that it's not just an individual thing, that they're looking to receive the word of God, that they're looking to receive the gifts of God, all these kind of things as God brings his people into his presence to just walk up to someone and say, hey, come see what church looks like. Let me tell you, it looks weird, okay? What other circumstances in life do you have people stand up, sit down, and recite words together? Maybe a football game at high school, right? Any other setting, you go to do that, and it seems a little weird. How come you all know the same words? How come you're all saying them together? How come you're standing up here and sitting down here? Why are they lighting candles? What are all these things that are going on in this space? Right? It's kind of a strange thing. Yet if you invite someone over to your house, and say, hey, come and have dinner. Let's go spend some time at this restaurant. And you show them what the love of the Father looks like. You show them what care looks like. 
You show them that a friendship can go deeper than just superficial things. You show them that uh, life together does not get shaken because some disagreement happens, that you can still love and respect one another while having, having differing opinions on stuff. To be able to listen through those things, it makes a different relationship. And it's in those relationships that we start to see the Holy Spirit work. Because people will start to ask, how can you handle this situation going on in your life? How can you handle this disagreement with family? How can you handle this loved one who's dying of cancer? How can you handle this loss of a job? How can you handle all of this with a peace and a calm? That's when you get to say something fun. Well, come and see. Let me tell you about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit starts to work through those words. Because it's not your job to convince anybody. The Holy Spirit does that. But he works through your words to reveal who Jesus is. Because on the surface, Jesus is a man. Looks like me, looks like you, looks like the Hebrews of his day. Not dressed in anything fancy or formal or not dressed in anything that would have made anybody pick him out as anything different than the rest of his family. They would have said, yeah, that's the older brother of James, son of Joseph. The guy cuts stone. He makes chairs. He sets doors. I mean, he speaks kind of weird. And he heals people. You see, through all that, he starts to reveal the love of the Father for his people. And the Holy Spirit starts to work through those settings to get a hold of people and open their eyes to see, just as Philip and Nathaniel did, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, that he is the fulfillment of all the prophets that went before, that he is the fulfillment of all of the law that pointed to him, that he is the fulfillment of everything God promised Adam and Eve, that he is the one who would come to make things right between the creation and its creator. It's hard for people to just see on the surface. But thanks be to God that the Holy Spirit continues to reveal who Jesus is in the hearts and minds of people so that they would know what the love of the Father looks like through his Son. What beautiful work he's done. It's what we confess in the Creed, right? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, the remission of sins, or the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection. And then we learn more about him as we look for an explanation of that and say, yeah, the Holy Spirit's got one main job, point people to Jesus. That's it. Calls his people together, he gathers his people together, and he enlightens them to see Jesus, the love of the Father, in the flesh, hung upon a cross carrying your sins, died in a tomb to defeat death, risen again for your justification so that you would know that in him is life. And he hands that over to you freely and graciously, wraps you up in that promise of life and baptism, and then sends you out with that gift of the Holy Spirit in you so that when all of the troubles of life would come, you can look at them and say, those can't separate me from God because God has done everything through his Son 
for my good to hold on to me into eternity, and to hold on to you into eternity, so that our loved ones who die in that faith get risen again to life, so that we would walk with them again. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? Well, come and see. Amen. We pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us by your Son, that all that you continue to do for us by your Spirit. We pray that you would continue to keep our eyes focused on Christ when all the things in life and all the things that Satan would work to try and separate our eyes from Jesus, that you would continue to grab a hold of us, draw us back, hold on to us, lead us and guide us by your Spirit to your Son. And send us out into the world that needs to hear of your love so that we can make the same invitation. Come and see. Amen. I invite you to rise.